Well, this morning we're going to continue with our, season, our, our series, our Advent series, that we're calling the Angels of Christmas. And as we're looking at some of these angelic appearances that came in the uh, Christmas story, um, last week we talked a little bit about uh, the angel that appeared to Zechariah. But before we jump in today, I want us to think about, um, well, maybe it's something we're all thinking about a lot what you want for Christmas. Now, some of you, I'm sure, really spend most of your time thinking about the gifts you're going to give others. Right? You make lists. You really... But some of you, I'm not saying me, think a little bit about what you're hoping to get for Christmas. Maybe when we were kids, right? Remember when we were children? That's what it was all about, right? We were hoping to get that new bicycle, or we were hoping to get that new video game, or we were hoping to get, I don't know, that new baseball bat. Whatever it was that you wanted. And we had these desires that we had. Well, as we've gotten older and matured, of course, we don't want just material things for ourselves. We want something bigger, right? We want, I don't know, how about world peace, <laughs> right? Isn't that what every uh, like Miss America pageant person, what would you like to see? Oh, world peace. It's not about me. I want world peace. But isn't that the struggle right now in a world that is so chaotic and a world that just doesn't seem to have peace anywhere? Whether it's the wars in Ethiopia, uh, from Iran, the protests, to, of course, the ongoing uh, battles in Ukraine. We see these battles. We see these wars. Um, we can't help but turn on, the, even though the election of, the, of this year is over, you can't help but turn on the radio or turn on the television and hear more news about the political conflicts. And then there's our peace. You know what I'm talking about. That personal peace, that peace we seek, and yet, the, I mean, it is an anxiety-filled world. How are we going to get all of the work done? How are we going to get all the responsibilities? And then when we fill our lives so full, if life throws us a curveball, if there's something unexpected, all of a sudden the, the, that anxiety heightens. We all get kind of nervous. And somehow, we're supposed to get all the business of the Christmas season done. i got to be honest. I'm not always feeling very peaceful. I'm not feeling that tranquility or calm. And yet the promise of God's word says in Isaiah 26, you, God, will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast. Why? Because they trust in you. Because they trust in you. Now, I, I got to be honest, I, I, I trust in God. I put my faith in Jesus. You have too, if you put your trust in Him. And yet, boy, that chaos comes. That, 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 that anxiety comes. That uneasiness comes. Where is that perfect peace? Well, notice what it says those whose minds are steadfast. The ones who continually go back to his promises, who are spending time in his word, who are in prayer saying, God, I, I need your peace. Last Sunday, we saw uh, <coughs> Zechariah as his encounter with the angel uh, resulted in, in, in doubt. In, instead of believing the promises, instead of believing the truth, he questioned. And so God, in his mercy, didn't take away the promise, didn't take away the gift, didn't take away the child that would be born to Zachariah and say, well, I'm just going to go with someone else. No, no, no. Instead, God just let him be quiet for a while. Maybe to ponder, maybe to spend more time on the promises, 
but to get back to that place of trust, that back to that place of peace, back to a place of surrender. So last week we talked about the hope that we can have if we will put our faith in his promises. This week, we're going to look at peace. We're going to look at the peace that the angel gives us the opportunity, that brought to Mary, the peace that we can have. But once again, we have to respond in the right way. So let's take a look um, at Luke chapter 1 this morning. Let's take a look at our, our story. And it says in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth, that was Zechariah from the story last time, his wife, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel, the same angel, back to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel said to her, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. That's a great prayer. That's a great promise. That's a great word. If the angel's going to come to you, I don't know what the angel's going to say, but these are some good words. Greetings. You are highly favored. God has esteemed you. God has put value on your life. Greetings. The Lord is with you. In those few words of the angel, we already see the good news of God. We already see that God has put favor on your life, that God loves you, that God favors you. Now, Mary, obviously, was uniquely favored in all of creation, but here's the truth. When Jesus spoke the words that are so familiar to all of us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That means you also have favor. You also are loved by the king. I was listening uh, to uh, the radio. I was listening to a program that was about uh, psychological interactions, right? Um, I, I don't know if you've done much study of psychology. I, I, I certainly have it. But this is one of those pop things. You know, it, it's there for the populace. And it was talking about how you can tell when people like you. You know what I'm saying? Hey, that, that idea that, that there's favor that is granted. That, that, and they were talking about sort of this like undercurrent um, psychological state where you immediately know, oh, this person is seemed to be trusting me. They seem to respond to me well. This person seems to, 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 to accept me immediately. That, 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 that actually we are constantly kind of in this sort of mode of, does this person like me? Do they accept me? Am I, or, or, or not? And we're constantly giving feedback to one another. And we're going through this. Imagine this, an angel shows up. I don't know what that looked like. I don't know what that meant. But immediately it's, am I accepted? Am I wanted? And should I be afraid? Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The promise of the story of Jesus is the promise of Emmanuel, God with us. Well, even though those were the words, there was still doubt, right? Mary was greatly troubled, it says. That's the next verse. Uh, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Uh, a greeting of grace? A greeting of favor? A greeting of God's promise to be with us? What, what do you mean you're pondering? Well, you and I both know that we are very quick to be suspicious. Do you get those knocks in the door all summer? I, I, I do. I mean, 
right? There's, all, there's, there's someone that comes by my house, and it, it's, it's, it's pretty much every day, um, from a different company claiming to represent the, the, the utility company, right? Um, you, you know what I'm talking about. They, they come, they usually have some kind of a nice polo shirt with a logo on it, and they, they have a little badge kind of hanging around the neck, and oh, there's a picture, yeah. Um, and, and they're quick to ask you, you know, oh, oh, listen, we just want to make sure you're getting the lowest rate on your utilities, uh, something along those lines, and we're just here to, to check that out. Anybody, a little, little suspicion goes up, right? Now, who do you represent again? Why do you need to see my bill if you're working? To, can't you already see my bill? Do you really? Mm -hmm. All my little things are going. What do you, just hurry up and get to what you really want. What, what do you really want to do here? What are you trying to, for me to buy? What do you want me to do? No, I'm not going to show you. Know, you know, I don't even know where the bill is, got to be honest. Um, what are we supposed to do here? We're suspicious. And quite honestly, in this world, we need to be, right? We need to be cautious. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not going to mention my mom's name, um, but um, you know she was about to go and buy some Amazon gift cards or something for some email person and mail them off to an address that they all of a sudden needed her to get, and um, somehow someone kind of intervened and said, "Are you sure you want to do this?" And she got to thinking, "You're right. Why is this happening? The scammers are there, um, and even right now we're supposed to be even more on guard because right now we're so buying so many things online and doing all of these things that it's so easy for us to get a false email from from some company claiming that we didn't pay something right or do something right. So be on guard. But when it comes to God, <laughs> He's gracious and gives us assurances so many times. The Lord offers assurances of peace in this crazy world of uncertainty. He gave this greeting to Mary, but the next thing he does through the angel, God gives assurances of peace in a world that is so very uncertain. And that's our very first point. God gives assurances of peace in a world that is uncertain. Let's look what the angel said. Verse 30. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have actually found favor with God. D don't be afraid. Don't be suspicious. Don't be like, Oh, what do you really want? What's really going on here? You have found favor with God. God's purpose for you is always good. Always good. Psalm 119, I think it's verse 68. You are good, and what you do is good. So teach me your decrees. You are good. What you do is good. God does not bring us bad things. Now, it doesn't mean that bad things don't come. It doesn't mean that God thinks, doesn't, it doesn't mean there isn't such discipline and those kinds of things in our lives. But even in the difficulties, even in the discipline, God is good. You have found favor in God's sight. Even in discipline, we know that God is treating us like children. Uh, that's what the writer of Hebrews tells us. That, 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 was, that is a good thing in our life. When God is at work, it's always good. It may not be easy. It may not be what we would have wanted, but it is always good. Look at verse 5. Therefore, since we have been justified, wait, oh, sorry, I want to, this idea, 
pulls us so close or so much into this idea of the gospel of Jesus. It pulls us all the way into this idea that everything that God is doing is transforming our lives through his grace. Look what it says in actually Romans chapter 5. It says chapter 8, but it's chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. You see, for us as believers in Jesus Christ, we realize that Jesus not only came as a baby, but he grew up and he ultimately died on the cross to pay a penalty for our sins. That is the justification part. He made us right with God. When we weren't right with God in ourselves, we had our sins. We had other things we had done wrong. We had our rebellion, our wickedness, our own selfishness. God took all of those sins and put them on the cross. Let Jesus pay our punishment. Why? So that now we have a peace with God. It is a permanent peace. There is no question. Yeah, but I messed up again. That's okay. <laughs> I know you messed up. It's time to repent of that because God has already forgiven it. He has already taken it away. You have peace with God. Even David says, blessed are those who the Lord will never count their sins against them. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch this. Through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace. That's where we stand. Uh, <clears throat> I had a friend. Um, she was working with international students um, at Syracuse. Uh, she was a student herself, a grad student, and she just made some friends with some, uh, some students from different countries. Uh, some were from Japan, some were from China, one was from India. Um, and some of them, because they were traveling and studying abroad, they didn't have all the resources in fact, they didn't have cars to get to the, the grocery store. And one a young man from India, she just gave him and a couple of his friends, she would give them a ride to the grocery store every week when she would go to the grocery store, just kind of as a grace, kind of as a nice gesture, um, a way to be helpful, a way to show Christian love. Well, later, as happenstance, she took a trip to India. And they had remained friends a little bit, and she had emailed him saying, hey, I'm coming to India. And he's like, wonderful, I can't wait to see you. She, he's like, yeah, that, that would be great, I would love to see you too. He's like, listen, I, I, I'll meet you at the airport. Sounds great. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, pick me up there. Well, you know how international travel is. It's complicated. You've got to go through passport control. You've got to, like, go through, you know, customs and make... I mean, international travel is not easy. And as she's waiting in the passport line, there's always a little anxiety because you're in a different country, and, you know, there's always a little anxiety. As she's waiting in passport con control, all of a sudden, two men walk up to her in uniform and said, excuse me, are you... and asked her name. She's like, yes. Please come with us. <laughs> right, that sinking feeling, oh no, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to disappear, never to be heard from again? I wish I had told my mom I love her before I left, oh no. I mean, I could just imagine all these thoughts. The two guards escort her to a back room, and all of a sudden, there's your friend. He's like, well, I told you I was going to meet you at the airport. Some official comes out, stamps her passport, brings in her bags, and away they go. And all of a sudden, they, they, they stop off and get a, a coffee right across from the Taj Mahal. It's really nice. And he's catching up. Oh, tell me what's going on in your life. How are things going? She's like, they're, they're fine. They're good. And then another man he introduces comes, oh, come sit with us, and came and sat down with them for coffee. And he said, would you like a tour of the Taj Mahal? And she's like, well, it's getting late. And he's like, oh, it's no problem. And so they got, wait, wait, they, now there was lines, right? People trying to get in the Taj Mahal. 
There were lines. In fact, this next slide, uh, there were lines to get into this hospital hall, and all of a sudden, they bypass all the lines, walk back, and start going into areas that it says are off limits. You can't come here. This is, and it turns out that the gentleman that had joined them was actually the head of the renovations of the Taj Mahal. You see, her friend who was studying with her was now an ass assistant deputy of the interior for the, for the nation of India. That little person that she helped like get groceries for had all of a sudden become someone she didn't realize had certain kind of status and certain kind of level of importance. She sort of had a diplomatic pass to be in the country. All of a sudden she had an all-access pass. This is what this scripture talks about. Because of Jesus, you who are highly favored, you who have received the love of God, you who have heard about Jesus and all that he gets, he has now given you an all-access pass to God the Father. You have direct access to the throne of glory. You are able to come in. You are able to approach. Mary, you see yourself as a young lady, as, as a woman who is engaged to be married. You, you, you've got hopes. You've got plans for your life. But here's the deal. God is making something much bigger. He is giving you an all-access pass. You are going to not only have the presence of God in your life, you are going to have the presence of God in your arms. Can you imagine? Mary, did you know? I think she knew something was up. She knew that she had. Do you realize, brothers and sisters, the access that we have to the throne of glory? I'll be honest, this is an anxious week for me. There was a lot to get done. There's a lot of things that are happening that, that quite honestly give me a lot of nervousness about the future. Am I realizing that I have all access pass? That the throne of glory, that the king of the universe, the one who holds all things in his hands, the past, the present, the future, the one who can say to the seas part, to the dead rise again, that that king, that God, he is with us. He has given us access. So Hebrews chapter 4 tells us, let us then approach God's throne of grace with what? Confidence. Confidence. It's not, well, but maybe God's not going to, well, maybe, oh, I don't know, but I've messed up too many times. But approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God knows what you need. He knows your failures. He knows your future failures. It's already there. He's already paid for them. You have complete access. So what in this life has you so troubled? What in this life has you so disturbed? What in this life has you so unsettled that you have somehow forgotten to go into the throne of grace, the throne of the living God with confidence? We might receive his mercy. We might receive his grace, not just for forgiveness, but grace in every part of our lives to help us in our time of need. So maybe this Advent season, this season, let's believe. Let's believe those promises. Let's have a steadfast mind that recites them, that goes back to them, that day after day we're drawing close to his presence. Now, that, you can't draw close to his presence if you aren't spending time with him. You can't draw close to his presence if you're not reading his word. You can't draw close to your presence, his presence without spending time in prayer. But let's go.
Let's be in the presence of God. Well, the second thing I want you to see in this story is that the Lord calls us to peace, but it's through surrender. The Lord calls us to peace, but it's through surrender. You heard what it said, hey, greetings, Mary, you're highly favored, but there was something more to the message, right? There was something that Mary had to do. Luke chapter 1, verse 31 says, and you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call his name Jesus. Now, he's going to be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. Continue on. And the God, the Lord God, will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. Yay? Can you imagine if this was you? I know men, it's a little hard for them, we're not thinking of, but, but can you imagine if all of a sudden God says, by the way, you're going to parent the Son of God, the long-expected Messiah, the one who would reign over all of Israel's people, the one whose kingdom would never end? Wait, 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 the Romans are occupying, is that the Messiah that's going to kick them out? Does that mean war? Does that mean struggle? Um, what does this mean? Um, I, I, I don't know. All of the questions, all of the, what do, what's coming next, we don't know. Well, she had plenty of reasons to say no. There are plenty of reasons. This is not the right time. I'm too young. I'm too inexperienced. I've never raised a child before. You need to find someone that's a little bit better at this job. Even Moses' mom, right, already raised Aaron and Miriam and that kind of stuff. I mean, come on. I'm not ready for this. This is not the right... By the way, did anybody tell you I was getting married soon? I'm getting married. There's a lot of wedding plans to do. This is not the right time. Oh, and by the way, Lord, this is not appropriate. No one's going to be very excited about me being pregnant. I'm not married yet. Everybody's going to assume there was adultery. Everybody's going to assume that, that there was infidelity. Everybody was going to assume I'm in, in the wrong here. This is scandalous. This is not appropriate, God. And certainly you don't want scandal surrounding your son's birth. And I don't want to bring this up. But this isn't how I envisioned it would go. See, we always have a, we, we make it sound like it's about something else, right? But uh, really, it's just like not the way I want my life to go. I had other dreams. I had other hopes. I, 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 this isn't it, God. I was going to go to college. I was going to major in something else. And this, this isn't me. Um, Lord, I, I, you're disrupting how I wanted it to be. God, I'm not qualified. I've never been down this road before. I don't have enough experience to accomplish this task. I can't do it. And Joseph, I like him a lot. I do like him a lot. He's a good man. He's a faithful man. I'm marrying him. He's not that wealthy. He doesn't come from a, you know, a good, you know, one of those rich families. There's not a lot of resources here. If we're supposed to raise, raise the Son of God, the King of glory, the Messiah, he needs resources. We're not the ones. We don't have enough. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough skill. We don't have enough friends. We don't have enough. God, and if someone hasn't brought this up to you, this isn't possible. I'm a virgin. This doesn't how it works. Do any of those excuses, do any of those reasons to say no sound familiar to you? 
Are there things that God is calling you to in your life? That you know, Maybe it's to be a witness. Maybe it, it's to invite others into his kingdom. Maybe it's a stepping out in faith to where God is calling you. Maybe there's some new things, that, and you're saying, but it's not the right time. It's not appropriate. This isn't the way. Maybe as a church we feel this way. God, we are not qualified. We don't have enough resources. They're just not, it's just not possible. I'll be honest. There are days I feel this way. And Mary responds, not with no, but maybe that last one, this just isn't possible. She says, how can this be since I'm a virgin? The angel tells her, well, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Um, so the Holy One to be born is going to be called the Son of God. And let's just make sure you're understanding God, I am, God is at work right now, Mary. Even Elizabeth, verse 36, your relative is going to have a child in her old age. The miraculous is occurring. She who was said to be barren is a, is, and when unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word of the Lord will ever fail. No word of the Lord will ever fail. You need to hear that one more time? I think I do. No word of the Lord will ever fail. What promises are we having holding on to? How do we keep at peace? We've got to keep our thoughts on the Lord's word. But number two, we have to respond. That's what we said in surrender. She said, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. It was surrender. It was saying, yes, Lord. Isaiah 26, 8, yes, Lord. Walking in the ways of your truth, we wait for you. Because it's your name and your renown that are the desire of our hearts. There is this point in time when we've got to say, I, I, I don't have all the answers. I don't have all of my doubts erased. But Lord, I'm saying yes to you. Yes, Lord, and surrender. Now, for some of us, like, I'm just going to be really honest here. Some of us, surrender is a bad word. It sounds like giving up. Ne never give up, right? Never surrender. And quite honestly, I think if that's not you, it still probably is. Because secretly, I think we do harbor these things, right? My dreams, my wants, my desires, my priorities, my gift list. What I want. I had a bad year well, a few years ago. It was a lot of years ago, actually. I was tired. I was worn out. I was going home for Christmas. Go see the family. It's not about Christmas gifts. But you know, sometimes you just feel unappreciated. You just feel down in the dumps. You just feel like it's all about you. Your dreams aren't coming together. Your, your, your wants. Are, but at least there's Christmas. And, and you're hoping to get something that you would like, right? Some kind of something. And I remember at Christmas, for whatever reason, that a few of the gifts were just sort of, I mean, okay, yeah, okay. And I got this gift that was a big one. It was the big one under the tree for me. And I opened it up. It was a crock pot. I guess how 
I was who? I was a crock pot. You know I don't cook, right? I mean, what do you mean a crock pot? Now, um, it was a sweet gesture. I had, um, through some college ministry things I was doing, ruined my wife's crock pot. And so my mother-in-law thought it would be a great gift to give me to replace my wife's crock pot. And I'm thinking, wait, that, why don't you just give her the crock pot? Why are you giving me the crock pot to give to my wife? I don't even know what a crock pot is for, quite frankly, except to warm up cheese. And if I do that, I'm going to burn it because that's what I did. I, what is a crock pot for? And I was so like, oh, what a bummer of a Christmas. My wants, my dreams, my gift list, my, you know, God, God did some work through me that Christmas. And you know, the next Christmas when I went home, I was like, this is not about a gift list. This is about what I can give. Lord, how can you be glorified in my life? How can I be the encouragement? It's not about me. It's not about me. Every single one of us faces this point of surrender. This place where we say, God, it's not about what I want, but about what you want. There's a very odd verse in Hebrews where it says that the Lord Jesus was made perfect through obedience. Now, how, Jesus is perfect. Yeah, he's sinless. He is perfect. He's the complete son of God. But what did it mean? Well, it meant, it meant in that Greek sense of perfection, this idea of complete. The idea was that even Jesus had to learn surrender. Because at every point, whatever God wanted, Jesus also wanted. I and the Father are one. Except one time. Except one time. There was one point when the God the Father and God the Son were kind of mm, not exactly on the same page here. And that, do you remember the garden? The garden of Gethsemane. Do you remember when Jesus was there sweating drops of blood? Do you remember this moment when, when all of a sudden he was just like, oh my goodness, Father, I'm about to go to the cross. I do not want the beatings. I don't want the humiliation. I don't want to be stripped. I don't want to have the crown of thorns pressed upon my brow. I, I, I don't want the mockings and the spitting. I, I, I don't want to have the flesh ripped from my back. I don't want to be nailed to a piece of wood and hung up for the world to see while they mock and they jeer. I don't want to go through this. Father, if you are willing, take this cup, this task. If you were willing, could you take it from me? And here's surrender. But not what I want. Not my will, but yours be done. And an angel came and strengthened him as well. Surrender. Surrender. There's a song I enjoy a lot. Chris Tomlin just says, I lay me down. I'm not my own. I'm not my own. Lay me down, Lord, lay me down. It's a laying down of our lives. It's a sacrificial offering. Our worship to God. It's our true worship. It's our true relationship. And we can't experience all that God has for us unless we just say, as, this, as Isaiah says, Yes, Lord, walking in your truth, we wait for you. Yes, Lord, because your name, you're renowned. Those are the desires of our hearts. As Jesus referred to that cup, it's so interesting to me that that same night, 
He, he had taken the, the Passover meal, this meal that commemorated God's salvation for the Israelites. He had taken that meal and he infused it with new meaning. It says on that night that he took bread that was part of the meal and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Today we celebrate the Lord's Supper, and I invite you to take the cup uh, uh, that symbolizes Jesus' body. This bread that symbolizes his sacrifice for us. This bread that symbolizes his surrender that said, Lay me down, Lord. My body, my life, it's not mine. Even my will, it's not mine. Yours be done. You be exalted. You take control. It belongs to you. If you're needing to uh, have a, a... There's some in the back or here at the front. But we invite you to take this bread... Think about what Jesus did for you, how he was broken for you, and as you do, remember his sacrifice. The Apostle Paul says, in the same way that he took the cred and broke it, said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, we thank you for your sacrifice. We remember that your body was broken. Lord, we realize that our bodies are not our own. They belong to you. Amen. Scripture tells us that in the same way, after the supper, Jesus had taken this cup. This cup, uh, and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This cup is the new agreement between God and man that our sins are paid for, that we have life, that we have that all-access pass. We can go into the throne of glory forever and be with him forever because of Jesus' sacrifice. This cup, he said, is the new covenant in my blood. Do this every time you drink it in remembrance of me. When you're ready, would you take the cup? Would you remember how Jesus' blood was shed? on our behalf. Lord, thank you for your sacrifice. We'll never know what it meant and what it means fully that your blood was given for us and we could never say thank you enough. Our life is in your hands because you gave your life for us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Scripture tells us that whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So this year, the challenge is to surrender, 
to lay your life down, to find his peace in surrender as you are obedient to his ways and his word and his will. We're going to sing a song about surrender, about surrendering all. Perhaps for you, you're saying, I need to be part of this church, and you want to come forward and say, yeah, I'm committing today to be part of this congregation. Or perhaps you're saying, I don't know Jesus yet. I'm surrendering. Yeah, I'm in. I'm going to be here at the front. Uh, Pastor, or I'm going to be here at the front. Pastor Barry's going to be here. If you want to come to speak with one of us, you come. You respond as God is calling you.